to Do the Right Thing, your weekly writing prompt podcast. I'm Alexandra. And I'm Jarvis. Jarvis and I were aspiring writers, but we had a problem. We never actually took the time to sit down and write. Exactly. So instead of, you know, solving the problem by simply writing, we decided to work around the problem and issue a challenge. Each week, you sit down for 30 minutes and write a complete short story using three or four randomly generated words for our enjoyment. For our enjoyment. That's that's why I do this podcast. Um, then we come on the podcast, we read a story, we talk about what we can learn um, from reading it, and then we talk about stories sent in by you wonderful listeners. Mm-hmm. 100% no cap all facts. Doof, <laughs> doof media. Doof media. We're here. We're here to help you do the right thing. Guys. It's fine. Look, we were having a good time before this. We're we're still a bit discombobulated in general. You're like in the middle of a movie, aren't you? Yes, I am in the middle of moving out. In fact, I have to move out this Sunday, which means I have four days left to pack up my entire life uh, and put it in storage. Sick. Um. Yeah, and I mean it's it's pretty fun. I I know there was some um a glow paint on our walls that we had to scrub off (laughs) i remember Um, you telling me about this yes and also paint over because uh that glow paint does not come off yeah yeah um but it was very fun it was kind of uh indie you Mm -hmm. know uh painting painting over those uh old uh paintings that like all of my friends put up and uh just you know, going back in in time and really thinking over those really fun moments that we had mm-hmm. in that living room. So yeah, it was it was it's it's bittersweet to say the least. Yeah, yeah, I bet it's also very stressful, which is why this episode is uh, one day late. Um, mm-hmm. I'm also still. You could definitely say I'm in the middle of moving. I I sleep on the floor on a mattress, uh, and I'm the only one in the house, and there's like nothing else in the house. It's not great for my brain that I just stay in this empty house all day. Um, yeah. But it's fine. I'll eventually get better. <laughs> look, look. When I, I do mean, get better, I'm going to be a fucking badass. I'm going to be on top I of the know. world. I'm going to rule it. I'm going to become Emperox, okay? But Emperox. <laughs> in the meantime, I'm I'm very useless right now. But I'm doing this mm-hmm. podcast. That's, that's something. A feather in my yeah, cap. Yeah, you know. But we're both in the middle of uh, moving. But I know, like, y'all's whole moving situation is a little, um, I guess, strange. Do you want to go into that? Um, not exactly, but uh, okay. we're, we're in a little bit of a limbo where the old house is not sold yet. My mom's getting weird ideas about what we're going to do with the new house. Um, it's also mm-hmm. a weird house. Um, the, the bedrooms have fan switches but don't have fans. Uh, the microwave oh. is um on the floor yeah it's it's like knee high um there's one ethernet plug in the whole house it there's also the weird empty hollow cube that just juts into my house that has a window on the outside but it's completely Mm -hmm. inaccessible so um it's weird also uh two people have told me that this place is haunted i haven't noticed anything but they've said it yeah so i mean it i mean it looks like this place could definitely be, like, the ground floor to a haunted mansion. I certainly would not mind. Well, anyway, um, let's get into that, the actual episode. What are the words this week, Jarvis? Oh, thank you so much for asking. Uh, the words for this week were relationship, rebellion, axis, and transaction. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and this uh-huh. week, we're going to be reading a poem, actually, uh, by Excalibur. Um, so this is a kind of interesting submission. I want to talk about it before we get into it. Uh, they submitted a picture because they did it um, on by hand, and there was sort of uh-huh. these... Like, the, the the image of it mattered in it, which is actually pretty common for, for poetry. Um, yeah. So, uh, in the, the poem, um, which they decorated very nicely with these, like, embellishments, um, they added these sort of, like, uh, diamond shapes of four dots and also these normal dots to indicate where there are pauses, um, with single dots being a short pause and full dots being a long pause, it kind of basically does the same sort of um, effect as just commas and line breaks. And when they transcribed it, because I can't read cursive and a lot of other people can, <laughs> Me um, <neither. laughs> they uh, um, basically did the, the same thing. So um, I'm mm-hmm. looking forward to reading it. And then actually later yep. on, they did a full on calligraphy version and it's very, very very, very good looking. So good job, oh, Excalibur, cool, yeah. on the, the visual aspects. And I'm really excited to uh, talk about it, read it, and get into it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so without further ado, I'm going to read this um, short poem. <clears throat> I muse upon the muses. Melit guides me as I meander. Upon her axis I spin. In rebellion I obstruct. In compliance, I repeat, to Arato, I am escorted. She makes my mind manifest. I train at her task by a transaction. For comment and critique, I hesitantly confer the same. All right, cool. So, yeah, I mean, I really do enjoy not only um, the form of this poem but also you know the uh content itself uh i think the the very first line sort of summarizes the entire piece basically i i muse i muse upon the uh, muses you know as we see later there are two different muses that are being uh referenced um but yeah i i i definitely think that you know this does uh, deserve a like line by by line uh, breakdown. I like that there are a lot of pieces of uh, uh, parallelism in this. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, you know, with it just having a really nice, nice, a nice flow, and it ri- being written in a way that I don't know really sort of allows you to dig deeper than the surface level within mm-hmm. this. Yeah. So um, we. <laughs> We started off uh, before this actually starting to dig into it to try to get the the meaning um, because we didn't want to be silly on here and just like flounder about. But then actually Mm -hmm. the floundering about was actually kind of interesting as we figured out what the poem was about. So yeah, so I thought it would be a cool idea if we would uh, go through it line by line um, uh, and just kind of show how you analyze a poem like this. Yeah. So I guess starting starting from the first line, uh, as I said, I muse upon the the muses i i do like how um uh muse and uh muses of of course are the same word but they harbor different different meaning muse means to wonder think mm-hmm. ponder muses is uh is uh, is basically harkening back to the nine muses of 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 course yeah the um the basically like i think in this and and in other things is just creativity sort of a, a 
mm-hmm. what inspiration comes from. Next on that line is uh, Melit guides me as I meander. So Melit is one of the uh, one of the muses. Which one is she? I had it open. Um, Melit is here. It is. Um, she's mm-hmm. one of the ones before the nine Olympian muses. She is the muse of thought and meditation, and Melit means ponder and contemplation. So. Okay, so it's pretty much saying a lot of the same of the first line. But in a different um, way, which is, I yeah, think, basically what poetry's kind of for. Um, mm-hmm. it's, upon her her, upon her axis, I spin. Yeah, so in both, I think this is about, like, contemplation and just, just like, thinking and wondering um, is how they're getting to be inspired at least that's how they're they're working through here mm-hmm. um in rebellion i obstruct and um i'm gonna go through the next couple lines it's actually i think those four can be put together um yeah that that goes uh, upon her axis i spin in rebellion i obstruct in compliance i repeat to rato i am escorted that same like you said before the parallelism and this is where um we can talk a little bit about punctuation where um, those commas are used in the same, you know, place in, in, in the phrase, um, creating that parallelism. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I, uh, do really like how, um, it, it, so going back to in rebellion, I, ob- obstruct, this could be talking about that sort of like writer's block, um, the rebellion uh against you know art within itself and sort of i guess finding your own path that that's maybe off of the beaten path you know you are ob you're obstructing from the main canon in compliance i repeat uh i kind of see this as like because you know i'm i'm thinking of it from a writing per perspective of of course but this can of course cross over into multiple genres um but uh i see this as going as after you are finding your own beaten path you are you're coming back to the main canon and sort of and sort of mimicking the the art that has come be Mm. before in a sense yeah that'd be interesting i i was um having trouble understanding the line but that yeah that makes a lot of sense mm-hmm. so um, you are so basically this this main canon that that you are trying to work uh against maybe trying to come up with your own i idea something that hasn't been done be be before and finding no no luck in that you are you then are just satisfied with 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 working what what has come before and repeating that mm-hmm um mm-hmm. yeah like repeating a form maybe so the next line is uh to Arato, i am escorted so I, of course we had to google who Arato is Arato <laughs> is one of the nine muses um of uh music and also some other things like erotic poetry uh dance. The, the mimes dance um and um so Arato, uh she makes my mind manifest that's the next line um mm-hmm. so i think um the way I read it was that listening to music as a source of inspiration um, okay. created that inspiration, the manifesting. Um, and then the mm-hmm. last three lines are kind of together, I think. I train at her task by a transaction. For comment and critique, I hesitantly confer the same. So uh, what's 
this connect to me right before uh when i in the middle of analyzing it before um which i think is is i, I kind of wish i captured it on the podcast because um that's what they're doing right now for comment and critique and, and conferring the same they posted their poem on the do the right thing uh subreddit uh, comment so yeah so like would you say that <clears throat> this poem is a bit meta basically yeah yeah, yeah. i think yeah, it, yeah. That, i think it is yeah about um yeah about posting on um on here i uh-huh. i also see another parallel but it, i don't know it it because we're talking about ourselves it i'm nervous too but um erato if a stretch of um it being uh music but i mean you listen to podcasts so and mm. that that is our task uh oh, so the we transaction are Erato. So we are Erato. Maybe. I, I don't know. I Maybe. D- I mean, yeah, I mean, like, overall, I, I see it as this is the process of writing, mm-hmm. right? How how you're musing on muses, how, how you're pondering the vast well of uh, creativity, how how you are how you are meandering on on previous works that 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 your mind might might get wrapped in. And when you are trying to break from the main canon, you are sort of charting your own path. But that's not always the the easiest to do, especially in a, I would say a given time time limit. So you are willing to re repeat while also giving up your your work for that comment and critique. Hmm. Like the the repeating, I think is interesting because I think you're right that um there is that that parallelism and maybe that's the that repetition. Um, mm-hmm. the same sort of of sound over and over. I'm wondering one angle that I'm really bad at, so I don't even really want to try because I feel like I always get it wrong. I don't have a good handle on it, but um, looking at the uh, what it's not called, not pentameter. Pentameter is a kind of this thing. What's it called? Yeah, the uh, meter. A... Meter. That's what it yeah, is. Yeah, the meter. Um, yeah, I would. It would be interesting to look at the the meter for this, but I'm not good at that. Um. So I don't want to, but um, another angle that we can look at is, um, is there any rhyming in this? I feel like there is. Um, let me see. Uh, repeat, manifest, no, transact, critique, use me. Is there any? I don't really see any. Um, okay. Then maybe I it is just would... the, the meter that I noticed with, she makes my mind manifest. Maybe it was just the... Um, uh, alliteration of makes my mind manifest that I think that's it because because there, there is like a lot of um, uh, alliteration throughout I mean going mm-hmm. from the very first first paragraph and in fact almost like every other one does have some sort of um, uh, alliteration which is a really good a good tool um, especially when you're trying to um, uh, create a flow within your piece and I mean this this piece definitely has a really really solid flow mm-hmm yeah, um, I think um, it does, like, I think with the parallelism in the middle, there ends up being, like, a lot of pauses, but I think that's uh-huh. sort of maybe the point. Um, maybe that is how... Uh, there's another poem that we analyzed in, in my intro to literary analysis that was basically, like, the way that you read it, if you were to read it out loud, makes it sound very clunky and clashy. And that was kind of the point. 
And so mm-hmm. I, when I'm writing something, I definitely have uh, parts where I, I pause a lot um, or I write in these very, very short bursts. So I can almost picture Excalibur and like actually writing these four lines and doing it in those small bursts. Um, upon her axis, I spin in rebellion. I obstruct in compliance. I repeat and sort of like figuring yeah, your way yeah. through. So I think that's interesting as a as a way to like the, the very feeling of saying the poem, um, which is done through these pauses, um, sort of conveys that same feeling. I think. Yeah. No. Definitely. Definitely. I uh, do notice though uh, in those three lines that. Um, it's like, uh, upon her, her, uh, upon her access all the way down to in compliance. I, I, I do notice that, uh, that the ends, like I spin, I, mm. I mm-hmm. obstruct, I repeat the, the very last one does not have a comma be, be before it. And I'm wondering if that was in intentional, um, for the reading or, why, I you know? I think they might not be because I'm looking at the um the the picture that they did and I'm looking at their pauses. Yeah. So because uh, I, I did notice the same thing and I was curious, so I went to, to check. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they do have the pauses that I think Excalibur translated into commas. Uh, in mm, in compliance, see. does have a little pause, and then Two of Rato has a pause after it too. So, but um, okay, I okay. did I did notice that also, and I went to check. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Then, yeah, I mean, I just really like that that section, you know, because I feel that for the for the majority of this, there really isn't too much uniformity, which which of course is um, on on purpose. But those those three lines, which really do sort of inform the rest of of the reading, what is coming be before and. Um, and uh, after do have a really strong uh, uni- a really strong uniformity to it. So I just thought that was really uh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I went through and I, I was counting some of the syllables. I don't think there's ne- there's really a pattern. Um, mm-hmm. Like uh, the last four lines that I was counting are like seven, uh, ten, six, five, or something. So um, I think that we can rule that out as like an intentional route for. Um, meaning but i think mm. you could also still if you wanted to you could still analyze that because whether or not it was intentional there still is like uh, an effect coming across um and i think that sort of exploration that this i i'm guessing is excalibur and you know writing for do the right thing experimenting right um i think that that also carries across in that with um not paying attention to meter this time because it's distracting and probably difficult to, to keep in mind. And so um, mm-hmm. focusing on other things to experiment with. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Well, all right. Uh, is there anything else you want to ponder or muse on when it comes <laughs> to this poem? Um, I think that's all I've got. Um, uh, yeah, I, re- I really liked it and I liked exploring it. I think that's that's a fun mm-hmm. thing. So definitely. Um, thanks and, for and submitting a poem. I- yeah, thank you for for submitting. I I also definitely want to um, yeah. I, I just feel that I really uh, appreciate what you've been doing these uh, last couple of of weeks. You've you've definitely just been coming with some really different and uh, very 
uh, interesting takes and uh, poems. And, you know, I just really have uh, enjoyed getting that uh, change of pace. So, of course, thank you very much for uh, submitting your stories. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Let's get into the listener submitted story section. Of course. So, you know, this is the main attraction of this um, podcast. If Do the Right Thing was Dis- was Disney World, this would be the Tower of Terror. Is um, that the main attraction of Disney World? I don't know. I've never been, but I'm just I'm Is just, it Tower of I've never heard of the Tower of Terror. The Tower of, of Terror? I'm pretty sure it is a old... Um, like ride that was based off of the haunted mansion or maybe i'm getting a twist i don't know i'm probably getting a twist if i mean i'm not saying it doesn't exist i'm just saying i don't know (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah but uh yeah so the stories we are going to be uh talking about this week are by jarby jass flower priest blarry 345 pure agolas and calinero 985 Mm-hmm. All right, let's get into it. Yep. So the first story up this week is by Jarby Jass with Life to, to Death, Healing 2, question mark. <laughs> it's funny. Uh, so that's that series that they're continuing where um, uh, Esty and uh, Captain Harris uh, were investigating this necromancer. Last time um, we were in Esty's head as... Uh, they just killed a necromancer and it just came back to life at the end. And so in this one, we continue from there um, where this ghoul seems very dangerous at first, but it actually does talk and Essie um, loses all her her fear of death that she had um, just for a moment. Um, And it asks for water because um, it needs help. And uh, she gets water and then we get to this part two. So there's this uh, space in between the sections where this undead uh, Miranda, the, the necromancer they just killed, drinks and then just talks normally, totally fine. They just were dehydrated because that's what happens with this process. Um, <laughs> and they basically just have a, a, a normal talk with Captain Harris being very wary while SD and Harris sort of just talk about how this necromancy works and how she's being brought back to life. And... Um, how it's not really that bad it's not really even that big a deal <laughs> yeah yeah i mean i think that uh this that this entry is uh, definitely working on the divide that we saw between captain harris and uh sd and the previous ones i also really do in enjoy how this sort of world world building is of course going deeper but we're also seeing a very um interesting scene of this ghoul has been using this sort of death magic on their cells and like there's sort of this like half and half thing and yeah i just think that that's really cool um especially you know based off of what we have seen from from this world previously i i, I do like how it's sort of adding on top of itself within this uh entry to really um allow us to get even deeper in to this world um i am looking forward to seeing where it does go from from here i am um surprised that this captain harris is as reserved uh in this scene especially since in the previous entry i think he was really ready to fucking blast off yeah i think Um, so i think it's interesting i think um jarby jazz like is sort of writing around what 
maybe was not as intentional for it to be so aggressive uh, originally. Um, yeah. And so now they're just sort of <laughs> dealing with what they, they wrote before, I think. Um, and bringing it back more to, to a normal, but still having this thing in the text that makes it weirder, right? So I think that's interesting how Jarby Jazz is like adapting to their own writing. I would say, um, don't be afraid to, uh, what's it called? Retro, uh, retroactively? Change, yeah, change something retroactively, but what's, there's a retcon. That's the word, retcon. Mm, retcon, um, yes. So d- don't be afraid to retcon things if you just feel like it. Like, if you want to write the next scene and being like, oh, actually, he just like hit her and she didn't die, or even imply a whole scene that we haven't seen, like, he cut her and didn't mean to kill her, but then she did anyway, and it's a good thing that she came back to life, and etc. You don't have mm-hmm. to. This is just a random suggestion. And in fact, I, I like how it's going right now. I just mean, don't be afraid to, because it's your writing. And if you were to like publish this, you could you would be doing that, right? So mm-hmm. um, you have a, you can edit however you want. But anyway, um, I I. I like uh, where the the plot is going, where like these characters are going, and how they they talk, and how SC is sort of relating to this necromancer. I do think the um, cut from uh, this un undead woman that's like very scary looking and ghoulish, um, talking with like "I'll be good," which is like very <laughs> monstrous. Just need a drink of water. Um, it was very abrupt, but I think that's probably just part of the the writing process of figuring out. Oh, actually, I don't want to do it this way. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, I mean, as I mean, like as you said, it, this is all definitely a, a blank canvas. So if you want to take your story in a completely new die direction, don't be uh, afraid to not have it match up to previous uh, to previous uh, continuities. You know, especially since this isn't a published work this isn't on like a forum uh, as a part of like a web serial or or something so yeah just uh the beauty of of this is that you have the utmost freedom in taking this story where you want it to to go no matter what we say (laughs) Mm -hmm. um yeah and i think this was a i think this is a good direction Mm -hmm, definitely well all right up next is by flower priest with sympathy Mm mm-hmm um, so this is set in that same world with, um, well, I, I think it's not necessarily, re- uh, relevant for this, but, um, it is set in some other stories that they've written, um, including one that we read last week, um, actually. So, uh, Lilla, uh, she is, she's happy that she's no longer being recognized on the, the street in the city, and she's gone to this tea shop. Um, where her brother shows up. They haven't talked in a very long time, and they clearly have a very different relationship with uh, their parents. And so that sort of comes out over time, um, where the brother is almost, like, disowned. Um, And uh, as we talk, we sort of figure out what's been going on, and I like how it's subtly brought up. Um, But Trevor was uh, kicked out of the family for being... I think gay, um, and um, Lilla was sort of raised as an only child almost. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, Trevor sort of reveals a secret that he has, or that he thinks um, is true about their family, that actually they were raised to be like prostitutes after 
um, moving, like high class ones, and that's why they are good at performing and all these other things because, and he he's discovered that because he does porn, um, and is wrestling with that sort of uh, the things associated with that. Um, so just like uh, this really complex exploration of their relationship and um, relationship with their family, um, and I think it's uh, it's interesting. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think that this story has really good uh, control over its uh, characters, you know? And mm-hmm. I think that their relationship is not only be, be, be le- believable, we, but we can also um, understand the distance that they have towards each each other. And I think that that's, of, of course, something really hard to uh, make. And I think it's really portrayed really well here. Um, also, I uh, do like the uh, moments that they're both going on about how they were raised and like sort of speculating about the whole reason as as to why they were here and yeah i just think that this is just a really nice scene you know and it's really sort of hammering in these two characters that we've both seen in uh, previous uh, entries so i mean overall like really really strong stuff here and i think um yeah this relationship is definitely something that i wouldn't mind seeing something further from it you know maybe something uh with a bit more tension or or stakes maybe but like as as is i think that this is a really strong scene that you have uh, created so really great job yeah um i i think it stands on its own um but i uh yeah i think it even expanding itself further is certainly possible into a longer conversation not this is not necessary but just oh yeah it's possible course. um mm-hmm. but um uh, I don't have a critique ready for it, um, but I I did like the, the thing I like the most is sort of the slow um, reveal yeah. of this the shared information they have that doesn't mm-hmm. feel it's um, it's not it hand fisted yeah it doesn't even feel like it's supposed to be slow and, and hidden but it is and it, I think it's done in a in a good way so um, like it's these sort of innocuous comments that we don't go into but we sort of get a clue and like um when trevor says uh mom's an expert at pretending something doesn't exist um Mm. when it suits her and so we get a clue of like oh he maybe he's not a maybe mom's been ignoring him Mm. so he's not a fan Mm -hmm. um but yeah that's that's what i have for this story yeah but thank you very much to flower priest and up next is by blarry three four five with a delayed relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have this character, Lucy, um, at this uh, video screen with this pirate ship showing up to, I think, dock at the station that she's in charge of, I believe. And uh, Lauren uh, shows up, who someone that she's related, uh, she has a relationship with, um, of some sort anyway. Um, there's this four-second uh, delay in their conversation, so every single like line back and forth, there's these, these pauses... Um, but Lauren uh, shows up wearing this um, eye patch um, that she p- points out is not even like uh, real. Uh, it's just like a code for like I guess the video screen, which is just funny. Um, but um, Lucy's very nervous. Nervous, I think, of Lauren's pirate ship not working or not like being accepted for some reason, and. Um, yeah, so uh, eventually they do get the permission to dock, and it's okay, but it's 
uh, nervousing and that they're going to have um, a date later. Uh, so, yeah, I uh, really do enjoy this story. I uh, like the form, how, how we are getting uh, these texts of whatever's on the uh, transmission. I think it's a uh, really nice uh, addition, and it is sort of setting up this um, the pacing of this, uh, this story. And I also do like uh, how there are moments when we are, uh, when we are inside of Lucy's head. I think it's a really nice touch that... Um, Definitely sort of colors the uh, rest of the the world. And on top of that, there's there's some really cool world world building happening here in the and uh, not only the dialogue, but also in Lucy's uh, narration of of this, or I guess the uh, narr- the like narration of the uh, story. Um, but yeah, I mean, overall, I, I do really believe the connection between these uh, two characters and it does a pretty decent job of uh, setting up the tension that we uh, that we should be feeling as as they are going to a dock. So overall, it's a really solid story. Yeah, um, I definitely was confused a couple times on um, not just who was speaking, but like who was in the pirate ship and who was in the... Like, at, at first I thought Lucy was the one in the pirate ship until Lauren mm-hmm. showed up with the eye patch. And then in, even for a minute there, I thought that Lauren was like, like, this is like a pirate cove or something. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I was I was a bit confused on, on who was in what. Um, I, I think also with these pauses, I, I like that they're there. Um, but I think they could have been used a little bit more effectively. Like, what is happening in these four seconds in between each one? What was it like when they just have to stare at each Wait. other? F- yeah, yeah, for four seconds. Um, and, like, do they talk over each other and, and things like that? So um, I think the, there's a good space here to add some more um, turns in how their relationship works and how this interaction works and how does this relate to how they are in in person how their relationship is overall yeah definitely definitely but i mean as as is i think it's a really great starting point for maybe a a deeper story to to come um but all right up up next is by pure pure agalos with shadow figures snippet um, thanks for uh, joining us, uh, Paragolus. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I'm wondering where uh, you heard about the podcast. That would be something I would love to know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Who's telling you about this? Um, so this is uh, this follows Jade, who's going down the street, um, and she's pondering. Um, she's part of this uh, magical organization, which is fundamentally uh, the acronym is Magi. So M A D. J.I. It's, it's funny. It's, it's cute. I like it. Um, <laughs> but uh, she's been offered a sort of promotion um, of some sort, whether it's actually with the Magi or with a rebellion that she's actually helping out. Um, uh, I don't think we know right away. Um, do we actually know right away? I don't know. Um, I don't know. Anyway, she spots a cafe uh, and goes into it. Um, and realizes that uh, the cafe is warded to keep magic users out like herself. Um, and so this is like a place where she's not supposed to be welcome, uh, except like she's actually helping the rebellion, but how are they supposed to know that? So there's that little conflict there. Um, there's a moment of awkwardness when she interacts with the um, cashier, but it, it turns out fine. Um, and then after 
this sort of re- this interaction, she realizes that yes, she's ready for the next level, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, again, this is a story that's really ripe with this uh, world building. Um, I too love this sort of uh, acronym. I think it's a uh, <laughs> it's a uh, really well well placed. It's uh, it feels a bit like a mixture of a. a of a course, like in in world reasoning, but also from a meta per perspective, it's just really fun. Um, but yeah, overall, I just uh, really do in, enjoy this this scene, and I enjoy the world building that uh, you are setting up. So, really great job. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think this is a good start of an exploration. I think um, the interaction at the end, I feel like, could have had a bit more meaning. But I, yeah. um, I'm betting that uh, Paragolus was sort of experimenting with writing in the first place and this is kind of just where it went um but that said like this like uh even the moment with a cashier can be expanded or can be cut out right if it wasn't uh, like for example what happens in in this scene is basically um she goes up there and it's like a bit awkward where she has to like pretend to be someone else a little bit um and it still doesn't like the cashier still doesn't like care about her right Mm-hmm. Um, and that can kind of be summed up in like one paragraph. She went up and uh, tried to pretend that she was like a happy person or whatever, and uh, the cashier was not impressed or something. <laughs> um, so um, you, you can you can cut things out um, as you wish. You know, I, I had a thing where for a long time it was really hard for me to skip over anything. Like I felt like I had to write. Anytime anyone went from one place to another, but you can just you can just cut, you know. Um, yeah, like like a film. Exactly, <laughs> uh, and it's okay. But anyway, um, that's not like a. It's just a suggestion of what to something that you can try in the future. But um, I do like the world building. I like this character that's being made here in this sort of um, conflict that they have. Uh, what is the next story? Yep. So the last story we will be talking about this week is by Calanero nine eight five with a. With of tales and trees. Uh, yeah. So this is a really good story. Um, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure Calanera Calanera ninety eight five um is uh, writing this for the Do the King thing contest, which is actually I think um why we did not choose to read it for for this week because um I think it is like polished for that reason. I and I think that probably would have been fair to people who wrote it only in thirty minutes. Right. That uh-huh. said, um, there's a thing I want to. Uh, talk about a little bit later about how we might change a little bit how we're choosing the stories but um, so but this is a, a very good polished story and I and I highly recommend y'all read it and um, I'm pretty sure when the do the king thing uh, voting starts it'll be available for uh, uh, to be voted on but so we have all these uh, lumberjacks um, in this bar we take the time to describe each and every one right um, and there's this old man named Wade, uh, who's a, the storyteller. And um, he starts telling the story. And we get some more interaction with who these lumberjacks are and what kind of camaraderie they have and how there's been less uh, lumberjacks recently. Like, they've been going away or there's just been less. And so the atmosphere is a little tense in the their lives. But Wade tells the story of a family um that lived in the woods um actually i'll just 
I, I don't want to just tell the whole story again, but um, the story about this uh, boy left in the woods and um, presumably faces a monster, and it's unclear if uh, when it the boy comes back, if it is a monster who became a boy or a boy who became a monster. Um, and I and it like the boy didn't doesn't even know himself. And so the story ends, and it's and the lumberjacks say something to uh, something funny to break t- the tension before they finally go home, all all drunken. But um, one of the lumberjacks who we have been introduced to a bit, um, Clay, um, talks to Wade afterwards, talking about how that's not how the story actually ends. That the boy. Um, uh, but that's where we get whether it was a monster or not, and that when he came back with all the food, um, actually what Wade meant was that um, he figured out how to eat, so uh, presumably eating people. And uh, then Clay says, I thought it was only me. And Wade says, no, there's more of us than you think. And we get the implication, oh, these are both man-eating monsters <laughs> but maybe they're but maybe they're relatable who knows so mm-hmm. it's maybe, interesting maybe I, they're just like us it's a great spooky story um oh gosh i spoiled the whole thing didn't i hmm maybe i shouldn't have i don't know how to well, no, handle that i mean it's 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 fine i mean it's submitted and we spoiled everything else that we talked yeah, about but it's it's in the do the king thing uh contest so it's like i don't know maybe someone reads this they want they want in Get the enjoyment as much, and then they wouldn't vote for it. I think it's. Mm. Well, I mean, How either we way, that? this this story definitely um, requires a good read on on your own. I think that uh, not only does it have a really great control of these uh, characters, but they're also so believable. You know, like, and I loved how this scene is really being set up. Like uh, in the very first few. Uh, Uh, paragraphs you know we're getting stuff about the season about the about the place that uh, they're in Oregon about like just how it feels to to be here which I think is a really great lead-in to uh, not only this sort of band of uh, drunken lumberjacks but also um, this story that uh, Wade does does tell and I think that the way that that the story is is handled is a really nice. I mean, it, it isn't just a block of, of, of text of this person talking. There's a lot of back and forth be, be between Wade telling this story and um, other people sort of uh, in, uh, sort of uh, interjecting. And I think it's just really, really handled really well. So yeah, I mean, there's there's so many good things I can say about this this story. But I think overall, just please go and uh, read this story. It's really solid. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think it's interesting how uh, Calinero uses tropes to tell the story, right? Um, mm-hmm. Like, this is a scene that we've seen before, and I think Calinero definitely knows that, right? And that's why they're setting it in here um, with that old man telling the story and the people interjecting and whatnot. And I think it's really, it was, it's a good choice to choose a recognizable trope like that. I also think it's interesting, and this is like a, a fairly common one of just like, a scary story being about a scary story, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I think it's cool. So, and I also like how 
um, that twist ending is separated from the rest of it. Um, but we sort of, we, we know when we end that story that it's certainly not over, right? And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, so it's a, it's a good story. I was uh, interested in it. I definitely found it a little bit spooky, especially when this boy is going through the woods and it's all dark. Um, yeah, well done. Yeah, very, very well, well done. Um, well, all right. Thank you to everyone who submitted your story this this week. Uh, without y'all, we don't know what we will put in this section. Uh, so we could we just like to... um, what's it called? Uh, oh gosh, uh, rap when like scat scat whatever you know when when they make noises. Yeah. Scat. Um, yeah, but I don't like the term scat because that's a sexual term. Yeah, a filthy sexual term. I don't like it. True, but I mean, there's other definitions to the word. But I guess you know when you say scat, that's the one that comes to mind. One of there's two, another yeah. word too, isn't there? I don't know. Um, beatboxing. Something like that. Yeah, we can just yeah. beatbox for a while. Yeah, <laughs> that's what we do instead. That's not a good podcast, y'all. So uh, I mean, we appreciate it's your like stories. A, it's like a musical pod podcast. It's we like should a do a musical. Yes, uh, but improv. A, a doofsicle. A... <laughs> yeah, that's good. I like it. <laughs> uh, but all right, we, we, would, we would like to say thank you to everyone who did submit your story. So thank you very much to Jarby Jazz. Thank you to Flower Priest. Thank you, Blarry345. Thank you, Per Agalos. Thank you, Excalibur. And thank you, Kalinero985. And we would also like to say thank you to everyone who left comments. Leaving comments not only under your own story, but under someone else's story, uh, will not only uh, compile all of your own ideas so that other people can see it, but you're, you're providing someone else with crucial feedback mm-hmm. that can only help them and you become a better writer. That's so, right. You are participating in the transaction of a comment and critique uh, with ooh. the hope of the same, hesitantly doing the same. I couldn't mm-hmm. remember how the poem was, but it's good. <laughs> so, thank you very much to Jarby Jazz, Excaliburn, Glittering Coast, Blowery345, and Flower Priest. Thank you so much for leaving comments. Yeah, um, always appreciate that. If you want to be like all of these wonderful writers and submit your story to Do the Right Thing, you can do that by going to Reddit at slash r slash do the right thing. All you have to do is sit down for 30 minutes and write a complete short story using three or four randomly generated words. If you want to see the words as soon as they come back, and also other announcements like how this episode was a day late, um, you can follow us at RightThingCast on Twitter. You can also uh, turn on notifications. I mean, we only tweet once a week, right? Well, except for other important notifications, like I just said, but... Uh, and it'll be a suggestion and reminder to go and write. Also on the Discord, which is free to join, uh, we've also set up a, a role for people to get pinged. Um, I think it's on Fridays, I think, is when it's the, the ping happens. So um, that's when you get a reminder to write, if you haven't already. Mm-hmm, exactly. And if you want to support us and everything else happening in Doof Media, you can do that by donating to the Doof Media Patreon. All you have to do is donate... $5 or more per month and you will get the possibility of voting in everything upcoming in Doof and at the $10 level you will get access to exclusive bonus content including the latest episode of Doof Over. I love how you say latest episode every time as if like there's a new latest episode since 
January. <laughs> well, yeah, but we have to keep up the illusion. Mm-hmm. We appreciate uh, everyone who donates at that level because that's, uh, that's a lot of money. A whole $10 every single month? That's a whole Netflix. I mean, we do yeah. have, like, a comparable... <gasps> we should start a streaming service. Yes, because we have the infrastructure to do that. Hell yeah. All you, I mean, you just got to make a website, right? Mm-hmm. A website? I mean, I mean when videos? you think about it, when you think about it, when you think about it, Doof Media, the website, doofmedia.com, is kind of already a streaming service because it's got Ooh. all of your, your favorite shows. That you can stream. Exactly. And it's a service. It is. Mm. So all we need is an app. That's all we need. Yeah. And then we can charge so, everyone $15 a month. Mm. So get on it, Google. Damn right. Okay, um, let's get to uh, whatever... Oh, actually, I should probably say what else is going on Doof Media. That's a great question. I'm so glad you asked. <laughs> um, of course, there's always so much going on at uh, Doof Media. Next week, actually, um, not this week, is uh, the Doof Book Club. Um, so that is, I'm, I'm excited for that. I haven't tuned in in a while and I'm really mad at myself because several times, like I really wanted to and I failed. But anyway, the, uh, the book for this month is The Long Way to a Small Angry Planet by Becky Chambers. So, um, I'm excited to at the very least tune into the very beginning to even know what this story is about because it seems that's quite a title. So... <laughs> And of course, there's always so much else going on at Doof Media. If you haven't already, um, if you have read the, the Dark Tower or have the free time to pick up the Dark Tower, go ahead and pick it up. Start reading it and then go listen to Kingslingers because it's a great show. Yeah, or hey, if uh, you don't like reading books, the uh, Dark Tower comic is pretty good. Yeah, that's right. Or just, like, be spoiled and learn the entirety of uh, Stephen King's books just from the podcast. That You could mm-hmm. do that. And, and in fact, while people were sh- would shake their heads at you, I think Scott and Matt would be really interested in what that perspective is like. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. I would Especially be. since Stephen King books are long, and he doesn't really know how to end his books, but that's a whole different conversation. Mm-hmm. Hey, y'all, just a uh, little announcement um, that we forgot to mention in the actual meat of the podcast. Um, We'll be choosing our story of the week a little bit differently going forward. Um, So folks on the Discord suggested um, they had some works that that they had been working on, uh, do the right thing stories that they'd edited and stories um, outside of this. And they were wondering where to share it. So um, they suggested to have a thread on the subreddit. Uh, So that's what we'll be doing going forward. Um, For every month, there'll be a different uh, thread um, where you can post whatever you've been working on, whether it's do the right thing, um, whether it's a story you've edited or something entirely unrelated to this podcast, um, whatever, yeah, whatever you've been working on. Um, We will be choosing our story that we read every week. either from a story that's submitted of a particular week or from um, that section. Because we had like a really good story this week, but it felt really wrong and unfair to pick it because we knew that it was edited. But I would like to have edited uh, stories read on the podcast because um, I think there's more to say when... There's sometimes more to say when it's like, someone has edited their their story 
and um, the mistakes that are there are not because they were on the time limit, you know? Um, so I'm hoping that this will lead to some better stories and y'all can really show off your flair after you do your editing and such. Um, and yeah, so uh, let us know if you, you know, have any thoughts on this. You can send us an email, redthinkcast.gmail.com, um, or just mention it in the thread and it'll be on the subreddit. So hope to see your work there. Um, okay, that's uh, all I've got on Doof Media. What, what what do we do here? The podcast. What's up? What's the next section? Oh yeah. So um, on this this podcast, after we talk about everything that happens in Doof, we normally go into next week's words. Thank you so much for asking what the words for uh, next week were. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the words for next week are bear, sheep, up, and except, exempt. Sorry. Um. For a second, I was really confused because you said bear, and I thought you were saying bear as in the animal, and I was like, that is not the word I rolled. What the hell? But <laughs> no, it is. <laughs> yeah, bear, bear, um, bear. So uh, <laughs> the words are bear as in like bear naked um, or mm-hmm. to bear your arms. I think arms? it's basically to stop hiding something or to reveal something to, to show it to the world. Um, yes. Yeah, so that's all I got. You 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 can bear arms. Um, mm-hmm. You can bear naked. You can bear naked. That's all you need. Uh, sheep. Bear. It can be. Huh? Is that no? Is that the right? Oh god! Sure which one's is. which? Hold Pretty on. Pretty sure it is. I think that might be the other bear. I'm but not that sure though. Make sense? Would it? If I search bear, it just shows me bears. And then I gotta search bear definition. Oh no, it is the other bear. But mm-hmm. why is it the other bear? Because the other bear is an animal. Bear well, I mean, bear means naked, but bear is to oh, it's to carry something. Okay, never mind, never mind. Okay. I see. Okay. It's I'm wrong, you're things. right. Well, I just I I don't know, it's weird. I I wasn't even sure, so anyway, uh yeah, bear. <laughs> um the next word sheep so like the animal that's covered in wool that i get confused with goats all the time mm-hmm. um sheeple? and sheeple people uh who are very narcissistic uh think mm-hmm. of other people as sheeple sometimes they say wake up sheeple um a wo- <laughs> someone could be a wolf in sheep's clothing which is that they're a bad person pre- pretending to be a good person um yeah those are that's the animal it's an animal yeah uh, you can use it like an animal up, as in the direction that is the opposite of down. Mm-hmm. It's a really good movie. That's right. You could say, what's up? Yeah, you can say, up, up, and away, when you go and fly off. You can say, eh, what's up, Doc? Well, Do you like that one? Was that a good... Yeah, that was that was pretty good. Uh, did you know that uh, old Looney Tunes uh, car, uh, cartoons, along with every old uh, uh, cartoon, is very racist? Oh, I bet. I bet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love it. Love it. <laughs> the next word and last word is exempt, which is when something, uh, a rule does not apply to a particular thing because it is exempt from that rule. Yeah. That's all the words. That's all I got. What's the story cool. you're, you're going to write, Jarvis? What's, what's the short story that you're going to write? Let me challenge story? you on this. What's the short story that you're going to write? Okay. So uh, my short story is, uh, is about a kid going to school. Uh, it's his first year at a school he's in middle school and he's not really having the best time the kids are kind of mean to him and they're and they're really picking on him 
uh, and it's mostly because uh, his feet are bare. You see, this this kid is actually a sheep, um, <laughs> but he's been experimented on by the government, thus, thus turning him into a normal person. Uh, so he doesn't really need to wear clothes because sheep naturally have clothes, which is the rule. Um, but but they keep making fun of him because like, what is this? The weird ass sheep kid walking around eating my my lunch? Get out of here, sheep! And then they'll punch him in the fucking face. Um, so Damn, he's this is he's getting really aggressive. Yeah, he's getting bullied really hard, which is kind of just what happens in a public school. Uh-huh. Um, but but basically. Yeah, yeah, basically. But um <laughs> <laughs> but uh so what ends up happening is that he gets beaten up so often and uh, so bad that he's actually uh exempt from his okay. uh, fifth period. His a uh, fifth period being where all of his bullies are are oh, normally thank you for lying. explaining where the bullies are in fifth yeah, period. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're um lying in a, in a wait waiting for him so that they can uh, beat him up more. Beat um, him up. There you go. Yep, That's all. There of we go. You did yep. it. Thank you. Yep. And he goes home. He goes goes to to to, to sleep. Sheep sleep. Sheep sleep. Counting sheep. Oh, oh, but but also when he when he goes to a sleep, he counts humans. That's it. <laughs> uh, wonderful short short story. <laughs> Thank you. What is what is your really long story? Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell a similar story. Uh, a sheep went to school, um, oh. but it was bare naked. But because it was a sheep, it was exempt from the rule. Um, and when it died, it went up to heaven. That's it. Wow. All sheeps go to heaven. All sheeps go to heaven. Unless yeah. if they're naked. Unless if they're naked. But, you know, I think being being naked, um, especially in uh, today's political climate, um, that's not really the right thing to do, personally. 